Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. incredibly powerful, gifted, and emerging voices here at Lighthouse Church. They're each going to come and preach. They got one hour each. Y'all ready? I'm just It's like, yeah, we're not going to be done until the fireworks start. No, I'm kidding. Um, they've got seven minutes each. Each of them was given a topic to preach about, and I'm going to introduce them now. Why don't, Joe, why don't you go ahead and come up to the stage right now? This is going to be our first speaker, Pastor Joe. Our second speaker is going to be Salah Bino. Go ahead and y'all can sit down. Our third speaker, just stand up real quick, is going to be this handsome young man, Ben Viegas. And our fourth speaker, closing it out, Jess, would you stand up for just a quick minute, is going to be Jessica Smith. And so like I said, they've each got seven minutes. And during these seven minutes, I want you to shout them down. I want you to clap real big. I want you to give them a big, fiery, Pentecostal amen every time they say something that you agree with. But I've been looking forward to this day. And they each, in their own way, lead here at Lighthouse Church. Some of them behind the scenes, some of them very up front. And um, it's been incredible seeing how God has worked with each of them. And I'm just ready to receive. So, again, they're going to come one right after another. They're going to bring a seven-minute message. Y'all got your pens ready? Y'all got your notebooks ready? Y'all ready to take some notes? Come on, let's get ready. Let's take some notes. Clap your hands as we welcome to the stage Pastor Joe to get things started for us. Church, 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 church. How y'all doing? So glad you guys are here. Let's give Pastor Josh a hand clap there. Come on. How many love Pastor Josh? Thank you, Pastor Josh, for the opportunity. I'm not going to take too much time on my introduction because I literally have seven minutes. So, love you. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Church, listen, I'm going to dive right into it. I'm going to get you guys to uh, the situation where Moses was at. So, right right away, we're going to go into where he was really just kind of looking around for his flock at Mount Horeb. And all of a sudden, he saw the burning bush. How many know about the burning bush? The burning bush was right there, lighting it up. And honestly, that was really God grabbing his attention. So all of a sudden, that burning bush called out his name in the feeling of, hey, I need to go over there. As soon as he got there, he drew near to God. So uh, I think as us people, we need to be able and be adaptable to be drawing near to God. God is going to give you opportunities. They're going to come and go. We got to be prepared to take that step. How many believe that? So Moses goes and takes that step. He draws near to God, and he, you know, grabs his attention. And this is what gets to me. It's kind of crazy. All of a sudden, he gets into the presence of God, right? Because that fire, that's what it meant, the presence of God. And God said, hold up. Before I even talk to you, you need to take off those sandals that you got because they're all stinky and, and junk. So for many years, I thought, man, that's, the, you know, reverence, and you're coming in, kind of like the Asian culture mostly, that you come in, you take off your shoes, reverence. But you know what? God spoke to me this week. You know what he said? He said, it's not about the sandals and not about the reverence. It's about the humbleness. 
So step two, God wants you to be humble. He wants you to come real. He cannot work with a fake version of you. Can I get an amen? He needs you to come full of whatever you got, full of your issues. It don't matter if your credit is low and you're full of sin and he needs the real you. Amen? So he goes in, he comes in and he humbles himself. God says, now I can speak to you. Now I can speak to you. He goes and he unpacks the plan. This is where it gets heavy because God says, look, this is what I'm going to do. How many of you know this, but I don't know if you guys do or not. San Diego's got about 2 million people in the county. 2 million people, that's a lot of people, 1.9 something. That's how many people were trapped in Egypt. That's how many people were enslaved in Egypt. So here you are, 40 years in Egypt is what Moses had. Then he goes to the desert where he is now, another 40 years. What does that make him? That was 80 years old, okay? Number two, he was a fugitive. He was a criminal. So all this started coming to his mind. God, I'm 80, I'm old. I stutter, I this, I that. God was like, hey, look, this is what you're going to do. This is the plan. I remember this. When I started talking about this, um, you know, with, with people and friends, that what reminded me of is when Pastor Josh got the calling for North County, God gave him the plan. He gave him the plan. He said, you know what? You're going to go to our church. You're going to do this. You're going to develop. You, your wife, Joanna, and yourself are going to get ready, primed up. You didn't tell him who was coming, but he gave him the plan. God is going to give you the plan. He'll never give you a purpose without a plan. How many believe that? He won't be too detailed, but he'll give you a plan. He didn't know how many people were going to show up here. Here we are two years later. I forgot the count of how many people have gotten baptized. Why? Because one man and one woman decided to take the leap of faith. That's the same God that wants a purpose for your life. So here we are. God unpacks the plan. And all of a sudden, he says this and this. Pharaoh's going to show up. He's going to tell you that you can't take him. There's going to be a plague. You're going to get out of a rod. It's going to turn into a snake. Sweet plan, right? All this guy can think about is his excuses. I believe our human nature, we are the most talented, excused people that can make excuses is what I meant to say. How many can make up excuses day like, like this? Like, I'm tired, I'm not qualified, I'm not good enough. We are masters of excuses. So this is what started happening. If you keep reading chapter 3 of, verse, of, of Exodus, he's like, I got this, I got that, and I got... If I was God, I want to be like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear your excuses. God says this. He says, look, this is what I need you to learn. Is that you, you thought that I was going to send you by yourself? Like, you thought that, like, I was literally going to grab an 80-year-old stuttering man and just say, here, go? Nah. This is the beautiful part, church. He says, you tell them that the I am has sent you. I will go with you. He said, I will be with you. Look, church, we need to stop the excuses, and we need to remember that it's not about us and that God is going to use you. It don't matter what you've done, where you've been, where you're coming from. What matters is that God now lives through you, and because of that, Oh, my God, we got testimonies across this whole church of people that have maybe lost their way a little bit but come back and God has been using them. My God, this is what the church is all about, a driven purpose. How many can say purpose? Turn to your neighbor and say purpose. Okay, so God has this plan, unpacks it for him. The excuses start piling up. And then all of a sudden God says the I am, right? 
I'm like, the I am? What the heck? Two words? It's, not, it's one letter and a word? The I am? What is this, Dr. Seuss? Green eggs and ham? The I am? Like, I would have been like, okay, that's like the minimalist thing you can, you can say to me, God. The I am? Really? I'm supposed to extract two million people with those two words. But if we get to the bottom line of what this really means, I don't know if y'all watch Loki, but I really love that show. My, my, my kids watch it with me, Bella and Tail. There's about the, it's about the timeline, and you've got to, I don't, I don't really know that, that, that what's it, AVC, ATV, or whatever, that there's, a, there's an agency that controls the timeline, right? Okay, well, if you think about this, okay, and I'm going to get a little geeky, timeline, billions of galaxies, your galaxy, your earth, surrounding in the solar system, oxygen breathing, you've got the perfect amount of elements, and yet we cannot seem to think that God can use us. The I am says, I created it all. I got you. I ain't going to leave you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm grabbing your attention. Hey, look, that ferning bush, it wasn't just a call. He was saying, I know your name. I know who you are. I know where you've been. I'm going to call you by name, Chris. I'm going to call you by name, Kaylee. I'm going to call. I am interested in who you are. It doesn't matter. And you know what? Sometimes I think our selfishness takes the best of us. And God is saying, your excuses are an actual excuse of being selfish. And I just want you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you for all eternity. Church, love you. Get purposeful. Here we go. Well, like Joe, I'm going to jump right in. We were told to speak about against all odds. And so I'm here to tell you about a massive opportunity. A massive opportunity. Here's how it works. You give me three bucks. Then I give you, you know, ten. Then you sign up two people under you. Then you get your three, you get your ten bucks back. I mean, it's just this whole thing. I actually did one of those once. It didn't work out very well. Personal experience. Uh, the odds, the odds. We're talking about the odds. And I do, I want to talk to you about a massive opportunity that I think, um, I think the church has today. In um, 2 Timothy 3, Paul is sitting in a dungeon. It was right after the great Rome fire of, ni- of uh, AD 64 when uh, this fire just kind of took over Rome. Uh, Emperor Nero at the time blamed the Christians, go figure, said the Christians were at fault for it. Paul is being persecuted and tortured. Christians are being persecuted and tortured. And Paul sits inside of a a dungeon, and he writes to Timothy, and he basically says this, and I'm going to sub-quote a bit just for time's sake, but he basically says this. He says, Timothy, things are bad. And guess what? They're going to get worse. He says, check out what's going to happen in the last days. He says, men are going to be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, they're going to be disobedient, unthankful, and unholy. They'll be unloving. They'll be unforgiving. Cancel culture, hello. They will be slanderers. They will be without self-control. They will be brutal. They'll be despisers of good. And he goes on just to basically tell Timothy right before he tries to encourage Timothy to continue on in the faith and continue to teach biblical principles. He says, hey, this is the world that you're going to be facing. He basically tells Timothy, you and the Bible's principles and the ideas that, that, that Jesus has spoken about and God expects of his people, these things, these are great odds that we are going to face. There are odds. 
And if you look around today, there's no doubt that there are odds. <laughs> the things that are opposing Christianity, biblical values, morals, principles, these are great, substantial, meaningful. And if you haven't recognized, we're not exactly in the majority anymore, or at least it seems that way. There are odds. But what God, I believe, spoke to me when I was uh, studying for this, walking my dog, Chloe, because he's got something. It's like God, man, and dogs. I tell you, there's, a, there's something there. If you don't believe it, get a dog. Um, and he said, Salah, the opportunity is in the odds. The opportunity is in the odds. It's actually a massive opportunity that we're in front of right now. Because... Because today, when you see a ton of unselfishness, what people need to see is selflessness. When you see a ton of people who despise the good, we need some people who are willing to do good. The opportunity is in the odds. The odds are not necessarily, I mean, they're against the Bible and its principles, but they actually form a huge opportunity. Back in like the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, it was well known that Christians in America predominantly, and I'm speaking about us in Western culture because there's a whole other thing going on in other parts of the world, but we're here now. And so we see back in those days that, that, that basically um, Christians for the most part were religious, but shallow. That was well known. It wasn't until great evangelists started to step on the scene and, and God began to awake America. And then, of course, the devil fought even harder and you see the 60s. But today we're not facing a, a, a well-religious uh, society of people who are just kind of shallow. We're facing people who are despisers of the good. People who don't love God, who, who, who look at God as the enemy and, and everything about it as the enemy. But we're here now. And we need to take advantage of this massive opportunity. Because we're the best suited to do it. We're the most equipped. The, Bi the Bible talks about itself, funnily enough. But it, it talks about this tool that we have, this double-edged sword, this, this thing that's infallible. It, it basically says, look, you've got the best possible tool. Every principle, every theology, every morality, every philosophy. If you just get into the word of God, it will battle, contend with, defeat, and ultimately do good for the people here. Battle, defeat, and contend with the ideas that are opposing it and do good for the people here. But there's one thing we have to do. There's one thing that we don't get quite right. If we want to take advantage of this massive opportunity, connect leaders, youth leaders, people who are deciding what are we going to speak about? What are we going to preach about? How are we going to equip? Where are we going to spend the money? What are we going to be thinking about? How do we take advantage of this massive opportunity to do what the church is actually called to do, evangelize and make disciples? How do we do it? And there's one huge thing that stands in our way. I don't have time to speak about all of them, but there's one. There's one. And that is that we must separate the odds from the people. We have to separate the odds from the people. The person who is immoral is sitting next to you, is standing on this pulpit. The, the, the person that is selfish is sitting in these chairs. We're no different than our neighbors, than the next folk. The next folk. We're, we're just people. The immorality is of the devil. The selfish uh, uh, desires, the things that come from the world, the things that violate and, and oppose God's principles, it's not the people. It's the spirits behind them. I know it sounds a little spiritual for a 4th of July message, right? But while we're celebrating a great independence, there are many people who are bound. While we're celebrating a great, uh, a great country and a great nation and all this other stuff, there are people who are saying, I, I don't feel so great today. 
And what I look, when I look around, I don't see anything that really tells me there's hope. We have to separate the people from the odds. We can't get angry at our neighbors. We can't call them names. We can't say you're this and you're that and you're just stupid. We can't run and hide in a closet and just say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. This world is so perverse. That's not what we're here to do. We've saying, take the whole world and give me Jesus. And guess what? We've got Jesus and the world is gone. So we must separate the odds from the people. We may, must look at the odds as something to war. The Bible says we war not against flesh and blood. We must look at the odds as principles, powers, darknesses, of which we have a wonderful, wonderful and powerful weapon. And simultaneously love, connect, do good. Look at our neighbor and say, I know you've been misled. And you probably don't tell him that. But you're thinking, I know you've been misled. But I've got the way. And so, folks, I just, I believe that we're on the precipice. It's like the 2006, 2007, 2008 recession. Everything's going down. This is a huge opportunity for the church. And I ask and I pray that our leaders and our saints and the people of God will lean into this. Separate the odds from the people and lean into this thing. Bless you. Lighthouse Church, man. Come on. Man, I'm just so, so just like honored to be speaking to y'all today. Um, I'm a student at Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, my name is Ben Viegas. Um, first of all, I just want to give a big shout out to my pastor right here, my, our pastor, excuse me. This is my leader. He's my mentor. I look so much up to him, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity. All right, so I just want to get started, you know. So as I was looking into this um, into this preaching here, I came across the story of Abraham and Sarah. Most of y'all might know it, but this basically goes into, like, the faith he had in Jesus and the faith he had in his promise. And as we look into it, you know, these, these people back then, they would live to, like, 200. Don't ask me why. I don't know what they ate. But, you know, they would live to a really long age. And as we look into it, we see Abraham and his faith. And God's promise for him. And some of us, you know, we might have promises from God and never see it happen. We might never see it, like, within a few years, within a couple years. And for, for Abraham, he had a, he, God had a promise for Abraham saying that basically he was going to have all these descendants, all this land. And it just never came. And it got to the point where his own wife started denying it and started laughing at him every time he would remind her of it. So let's go into scripture here. So we, if we look into Romans 4, chapter, or, uh, scripture of 16 and 17, therefore the promise comes by faith, mm, by faith, so that it may be great by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. So as we look into that, obviously his faith was so great. Like, and he's no different than us. Like, we should have this, that same faith for whenever God has promises for us. So let's keep going. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the end, he came through. It doesn't matter how long he takes. He's going to come through, church. Come on. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who li gives life to the dead, and calls into beings that were not. 
I think most of us, time, most of us as Christians, we've been in that situation, you know. We've been in a, in a situation where we've just, like, almost lost faith, where it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It seems impossible. You know, it's against all odds, like Pastor Brother Salah said. And if we keep going, it says each time that you encounter a situation similar to this, think about what Abraham went through. Whenever you have that same situation, think about what Abraham had to, he had to go through a lifetime without not seeing anything, without not seeing any reminders, anything like that. It wasn't until he was about 90 years old. It was right before his wife's 99th birthday. I mean, these guys were old, man. These guys were old. I mean, if you see, if, if nowadays, if you see an old lady with like a brand new, like firstborn baby, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, but <laughs> all right. So as we keep going in Romans 4, 18, 22, it says against all odds, come on, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, hmm. Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. We have to believe, church. We have to believe. We can't lose sight of what God has planned for us. We have to keep believing. So as I think about that, I think about an experience that I had personally. And I just felt comfortable sharing it with you all today. Um, this week, as I was preparing for this message, um, you know, doubt started coming. Um, the, the promise that God had over my life, I, I, j I had just forgotten about it. Like, I forgot about what my calling was. And I felt unqualified, you know. There's so many odds that come into play, and you just, it fills your mind sometimes. But we got to have our faith in God. And we got to just put all those aside and think about the people more than yourself. So now you can see why Abraham's faith was credited to his account as righteousness before God. His, this declaration was not just spoken over Abraham, but also over us. I love that verse. I love it. All right, so in 2 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. People might try to tell you that it's not going to happen. People might try to tell you that it seems impossible. That it's, it's, against, it's, it's all odds are against you. But... It's, you, you got to keep the faith. You got to keep the faith. So I encourage you guys to just remind yourselves of Abraham's story. I mean, his own wife just went against him. And he didn't lose faith. He kept his trust in Jesus and he kept the communication. So I encourage you guys today to just remind yourself of that story whenever you're in that situation. Guys, I see this building and I see what God has worked, has worked in this church. Come on. I know this crew ain't holding me right here. Come on. I mean, so when I was in, in college, um, before I left, we were still recording. It was during COVID. You know, I had my doubts. I mean, I, I thought that the church was going to struggle. But church, we benefited from it. Look at this. I mean, come on. We have our own building. We, I mean, thank you. Our leaders, they've been, we have our youth group. We have, oh, it's just... It's just so amazing to see how much God has worked in this church. And I really, really appreciate you guys having me today. And I just can't wait to just get to know you guys more before I leave. But thank you guys for having me. And God bless. Good morning. It's still good morning. <laughs> We're almost there to lunch. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm so honored to be with you this morning. Um, this stage is on fire. I mean, I feel the heat. You feel the heat. You feel the heat. Yeah. I'm so honored to share the stage with these Lighthouse talented men. Wow. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to share with you a short message that God has given me. Um, I've entitled, I've entitled it, Use What You've Got. Can you just turn to your neighbor and tell him with authority, use what you've got. <laughs> it's a short story, a short verse found in Judges 3.31, and it's about Shamgar. Um, this is a man who, who used what he got. Have you ever been in a situation where you're cooking or you're at work and you're, um, you ran out of resources, you know, you're limited with resources and somebody just tells you, use what you've got. And you're like, it does, it's not going to come out as good. And, and especially when you're cooking it. And then you just use it, you mix it up and you're like, whoa, this is good. Right? Shamgar found himself in a situation like this. I'm going to shorten the verse, even though it's really small. Shamgar slew 600 Philistines with just an ox goad. Wow. That's powerful. There's not a lot of, a lot of um, info about Shamgar, but we do know is that he slew 600 Philistines with the, sh- with the ox goad. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm studying about this. This is the first time I really heard about Shamgar. I've heard about Goliath. I've heard about Moses, you know? And then I thought, okay, what's an ox goad? And it, it's just a eight-foot-long wood tool that they use to uh, continue to encourage the ox to keep plowing. So it's a farm tool. It's not even a weapon for, for an army. And the awesome thing that he did is that the Bible says he also delivered Israel just simply with an ox goat. So go with me for a second. How many of you guys like action-packed movies? You're like, I figure this movie, this, this, this story is almost from a movie. It's just a scene, right? Here's, uh, here's Shamgar. He's like... All right, you know, the enemy's coming to his territory, his land, and he's, like, positioned himself. I'm thinking maybe, like, he had some hidden spots where he was just, shoom, just taking out people, you know? Shoom. And by the time he knew, 600 Philistines, and he had delivered Israel. Oh, man, this encourages me. I don't know what kind of odds you are up against. I don't know what financial odds you are up against. I don't know what physically odds you're against today. I don't know what your marriage is going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you that with God, all things are possible. Amen. I'm going to share with you really quick three secrets of Shamgar. He started where he was. He didn't wait for the M1 tanks to arrive. He didn't wait for the army to show up. He just started right there in his farmland. He just said, I'm going to start right here. I mean, I thought, Shamgar, you should have hid. I mean, the odds are greatly against you. You should have just go into hiding and take your family and hide and run. That's what I would have done, right? I mean, logically in my head. <laughs> uh, but he didn't. And I want to encourage you today, start where you are. You might think it's not a good place. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot. I, what I have is just, it's just this. But start where you are. Um, sometimes we're waiting and, uh, until somebody invests in our, t- our talent to start. Sometimes we're invading for that big promotion or, oh, when I get married, then I can serve with my husband. But start right there. Start where you are. Number two, he used what he got. He used that ox goad that was in his hand. 
And I wonder what God has placed in your hand today. I wonder what God unique talent he has given you, but maybe in your hands and how you see it, you think it's not enough, God. What I have to give, I can't sing like so-and-so. I can't preach like so-and-so. I can't give a smile like so-and-so and greet people. I can't start a connect group, but you can join a connect group. Maybe you don't know where your talent is, but you can discover it by joining growth track. There is a place for you to start. There is something in your hand for you to use. Um, I want to share something with you. Um, there's such passion and, and enthusiasm in our pastors that I really admire. I love this church like they were talking about. And I just love that. Even in spite of the setbacks that we had as a church, it, it just encourages me that they just press through. Amen. We just watched them press through, record in that warehouse, and just keep going, those setbacks, and just trying to buy a building. And we've had setbacks, church, but it's been a combat. We are here in Vista, California, and we are ready, getting ready to serve. Wow. And we get to be a part of that. Amen. So I want to encourage you to continue to pursue your dream. What's that dream that God has given you that maybe you've put to the side? Because you've had a setback in your life. You've had, oh, you know, I just, it just didn't work out. But God has placed it in you. God has placed it in your heart. Pursue it. Continue to pursue it. Don't give up because that, what God has given you, is going to impact your world. It's going to impact your community. It's going to impact the people around you. I remember um, my third point is do what you can. As I come to a close. Um, I remember, just like all of you, being impacted by, you know, this whole COVID thing, the pandemic. And I remember sitting at my dining table just with the feeling of just feeling overwhelmed and, you know, depressed, you know, just turning on the TV and seeing the news. And, but most of all, you know, my child thinking, wow, if the world is already this harsh, what is my son going to go through? And I just, I just remember feeling just that sense of overwhelm and I just praying and I just told God, I don't know what I can do. There's not much I can do right now as we're going through this, as the odds are just stacked against us. And I remember looking over on my computer, and there was a Zoom page there. And God said, start a mom's group. And I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm, don't you see I'm going through something? I mean, how can I encourage other people if I'm going through something? And just start, um, okay. So I, I texted Pastor John, and I said, what do you think? She said, go for it. She gave me ideas. And I just remember thinking, I'm not qualified. I don't have a lot to say right now. But I remember just starting it and sharing God's word and praying together and crying it together and talking things through. We love to talk about stuff, right, moms? <laughs> and just, and then we got to, serve on serve day to our single moms and God just said that's where it is 
It's in your serving. That's where the miracle is. In that thing that you think it's not enough. It's not sufficient. I'm inadequate. But God says, with me, you got this. I'm going to take you further than you've ever been. I'm going to take you further than you ever imagined. Just because you took that step to start where you are. Just because you took that step to use what you have. Just because you took that step to use, to do what you can. So I encourage you, church. I don't know what's that dream that's coming to mind. I don't know what's that talent. I don't know what that gift is. But you know it. And God sees it. God sees it. And God is for you. God bless you. Come on, Lighthouse. Let's all stand up on our feet, Lighthouse. Let's clap our hands real big for Pastor Joe. Let's clap our hands real big for Salah, Ben, Jessica. Didn't they do amazing, Lighthouse? Did you guys catch the message in all of the messages? I don't know if you guys caught that, but there was a word that God wove together through every single message. First off, you got to just be you when you come to God. That's what Joe was talking about. Be you when you come to God. And when you come to God, separate the odds that are against you. Salah talked about that. So when you come to God, you might come to him and feel so full of faith. But then you turn it back and you're like, oh, shoot, but I forgot about how difficult it's going to be. It was real good when I was in God's presence. But now that I'm, you know, it's Monday and Tuesday, everything feels so heavy. So you got to lean in on what Ben said. You got to keep believing, even though the odds look tremendously stacked up against you. And as you begin to believe through it all, then you use the things that you have. Don't you love how, and listen, they didn't study together, but God will just weave a message together. And I believe that spoke to some of you that are here. Some of you are there. Some of you, your faith is failing. And you needed to have that reminder to come and tell you, you got to keep on believing. Even when you feel like you are losing your faith, keep on believing. Some of you needed to be reminded, don't wait for the opportunity to be perfect in order for you to start serving. Start where you are doing what you can with the things that God has given you. Come on, let's lift our hands all over this house. Let's pray. And again, you're in there somewhere. You're in there somewhere. Where are you? Come on, let's pray. Let the Spirit of God just begin to speak to you. Let the Spirit of God just begin to minister to you. Let the Spirit of God just begin to meet you right here in this tent on this beautiful 4th of July. Would you forget about the plans that you got later on today? Trust me, they'll still be there. Would you just forget about lunch for just a few minutes and let's just lose ourselves in the presence of God. Come on, Lighthouse. Everybody lifting up their own voice right now. Everybody talking to their Heavenly Father right now. Everybody just communicating with Him right now. Tell Him if it's your faith. Father, I need you to encourage my faith right now. Tell Him if you're struggling with where you're at. Father, help me to see the good where I am at right now. Maybe you feel like you're up against all odds. Tell him, God, I feel like everything's against me. He'll put boldness on the inside of you. He'll put strength on the inside of you. He'll put courage on the inside of you. Father, we need you to move in this place, Lord God. We want you to come into this tent, Lord God, and just meet every single person where they are at, right where they need to be met. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're not going to let this moment pass us by. We love you, Jesus. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others. 
or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.